Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is Joshua Kahn with the news. All dairy citizens are cordially invited to the wedding of Ben Graham and a 1958 Plymouth Fury. While I'd be remiss if I didn't express my concern over their age difference, I will admit, one look at her chassis put me in the mood to cruise. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King book club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Kahn, alongside CM Alexander. Hello, everyone. And Benjamin Graham. What up, concert readers? And today, we are covering the second half of Christine, selected by Brad Hahn through our Patreon selection series. We were covering through the end of the book, and we have CM leading our discussion. CM, take it away. Thanks, Josh. Quick recap from last episode. Stephen King's best friend got a girlfriend, and she sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your takeaway? He he wrote this in a spite moment, losing a good friend. Don't you think... Don't you think? <laughs> is Dennis supposed to be a king analog? Yep. We, there are so many of them, and I did not get that at all from this. <laughs> all right. So in seriousness, though, Arnie, the main subject of our book, gets a car, Christine, and everybody, strangely enough, has a problem with this car except for Arnie. And his personality and even his looks are starting to change And it's really weird. And now people are dying. And that's really fun. (laughs) (laughs) We pick up not long after Christine makes her first kill. Well, her first kill with Arnie. And Arnie's doing his best to make amends with Lee, including patching things up with her mom. And I thought it was kind of funny to get a a section about Arnie being charming. (laughs) Yeah, I thought him picking her up and just thought it was all very cute. He's kind of got game a little bit. (laughs) For a very small amount of time. Yeah, Yeah. for like like a second. Very, very little game. Uh, Even though Dennis isn't our narrator at this point, we still manage somehow to see Lee completely through Dennis's eyes. (laughs) Yeah, the middle section of this book is so weird. All of this is being told to us by Dennis, even though he's not the narrator, but he's not here for any of these events. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. Which, uh, yeah, that it didn't that whole thing didn't click with me until later when we come back to Dennis as our narrator. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. It it doesn't quite pull me out, but I it's sort of indescribable. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Arnie and Lee go to the mall. This part is really cool. We're being told that it was like just the best day ever. It was a really great day until Lee had her near-death experience. Yeah, we're given this like very, it's that brief glimpse of hope right before things become irrevocably fucked (laughs) that uh, is always a Stephen King moment I really like. And not for why you'd think, because this is when they, there's a, a hitchhiker, and you would think normally the hitchhiker would be the problem. Nope. Turns out it's McDonald's. <laughs> That's that mm-hmm. tracks. <laughs> <laughs> so Arnie and Leigh are on their way home and they spot a hitchhiker and he has a sign and it says, I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> Please give me a ride. <laughs> and so they they pick him up and they decide to stop for a burger on the way home. Arnie gets out of Christine and leaves Lee 
alone with this hitchhiker. What did you guys think of that? Which is insane. But I do love that as uncomfortable as Lee is, when she finally dares to look at the guy, he is just as freaked out about being in that car as she is. (laughs) Yeah, it's a real gross power move by Arnie, too, because he didn't want to pick up the hitchhiker. And so as, like, leaving her in the car with him is like a, hey, you wanted this, fuck you. It's very aggressive. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, this is... It's really hard to like Arnie after this mm-hmm. at all. So they drop off the hitchhiker. They're about to get going again when Lee, who's still eating her burger, starts to choke. And this is happening right as the door is closing. And we get this cool scene where she's thinking, Arnie's not going to hear me choking because of the sound of the wind and the door is masking everything. And she starts to die. That manic freak out is so intense she thinks she's hallucinating and sees green eyes appearing on the dashboard for a minute when arnie finally notices he he just starts like hitting her on the back no he he doesn't though what does he do first he starts to go to hit her on the back and then all of a sudden he has a pain <gasps> oh in his that's back. right he never touches lee he never helps <sighs> her at all it's which is very and i don't because i've read this before i don't know if you guys like noticed that really but from this point on, anytime he goes to make a decision that might change the course of his fate, he gets this sudden stabbing pain in his back. Mm-hmm. Like something is exerting its influence over him in that situation. So yeah, Lee sees Christine's dashboard that looks like eyes just boring into her soul as she's choking. I couldn't take that seriously. <laughs> of all the places... I don't know what I expected, but it's so ingrained that like whenever... People anthropomorphize Christine. The face is never like the headlights where where you would think. Never <laughs> cars like where the, <laughs> the eyes are on the outside. Sure. It's, they hallucinate that the eyes are on the dashboard, <laughs> which you can't see where you're going if your eyes are on the dashboard. <laughs> it, it made my mind's eye pulled the uh whenever they would show Hera in the Hercules Kevin Sorbo TV series. Oh, I never watched it. Oh, that that's just for me, I guess. <laughs> but essentially they would never reveal they eventually revealed her, but they when they weren't revealing the who the character was, it would just be a set of eyeballs over a storm. And that was it. <laughs> and so that sounds very good. <laughs> See, I I just think of Cronenberg. I see some very Videodrome mm-hmm. shit happening <laughs> in this scene, which is actually more terrifying than how it's described. I was going to say, I might, we haven't watched the movie yet, but if it was directed by Cronenberg, oh, I would geez. be very excited. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the, the point is that Christine is watching Lee die. And uh, just in the nick of time, the hitchhiker notices what's happening, apparently, because he yanks Lee out of the car and he's giving her the Heimlich. And Arnie... Is not very grateful for this guy's help. I kind of like this part of it. <laughs> uh, only because uh, Arnie is such a fucking basket case. Yeah. And so he he just... See, all he sees from his perspective is the hitchhiker they dropped off opening the door and ripping his girlfriend out of the car. <laughs> and he just runs over and sucks him in the face. Uh. 
Thanks for saving my girlfriend. Bam. <laughs> and the guy's cool about yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I, all I could think of during the scene is how selective Christine is with her powers. If she really wanted her dead, she can make her choke on a hamburger, but she can't <laughs> lock her own doors. Like, oh. oh, that's true. Well, I think uh, Christine apparently has a flair for the dramatic. <laughs> She's toying with her. She wants, because she, she wants the symmetry of the deaths. <laughs> that is true, because this is also exactly like LeBay's daughter mm. choked to death on a hamburger. Yes. Oh, man, which we'll get into <laughs> a little bit. That's a really cool point. I really enjoy the next chapter. I think it is exciting and awesome. We are with Buddy and some of his friends, and they're cruising late at night, and there's, you know, snow everywhere. It's like driving conditions aren't necessarily great and uh the roads are kind of slick and they're all drunk and all of a sudden buddy notices something in his rearview mirror hands down the best chapter in the book yes i I like that they point out that buddy seems to have aged rapidly Mm -hmm. in the time since he's been expelled like he's been living rough i feel weird about this but this chapter i was i was rooting for buddy it's hard Yeah, yeah it's hard not to it's it's weird because I was expecting Buddy to be like the secondary antagonist mm-hmm. of the book, the Ace Merrill in Needful Things. He's not the main bad guy, but he's also a threat. And then this chapter happens and you're like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he notices some headlights in the rearview mirror and he's trying to lose the car behind him. You know, he's doing kind of reckless driving moves. I don't know what you call this. <laughs> Stunts? There the we go. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> stunting the fuck out of this public park. Yeah. And he he notices, though, he doesn't lose it, and he realizes it's Christine. And he sees that nobody is driving the car. And it's it's two guys in the front, um, and one, a new guy in the back, yeah. a freshman, who it, I like how it's described. Like, he has no idea why everybody's so tense all of a sudden, and Buddy's going faster and faster. Because he doesn't know anything about Christine. It's this character, and I don't remember Bobby, his name, I of think. course. Bobby. Yeah. yeah. Is I, I think what really makes the chapter because mm-hmm. he is this freshman kid who just decided to try and hang out with the wrong people. He's an innocent in this. Buddy and the other kid, they know the stakes the stakes they know why it's happening Mm -hmm. they even if it's mysterious and supernatural and they can't explain it they understand at least why Mm -hmm. and this kid is just out with some dudes he is (laughs) scared of (laughs) (laughs) and all of a sudden is faced with this unknowable terror and that's fucking scary luckily for him not for long uh interesting <laughs> choice of words <laughs> luckily isn't how i well, would put it i just okay so as we're they're racing through this like this park all these very tight turns and and christine is keeping up with them no matter how fast they go when bobby whips the car around to see that nobody is driving it they slam into the uh, the gatehouse island and it accordions the back end and demolishes the entire back end of the car. And then Buddy's like, suddenly just notices his whole back is drenched. Man. And I wanted, I would have screamed <laughs> forever. 
Yeah, uh, it's so fucking it's so metal. Fucking cool. <laughs> it is brutal as fuck. Just the the thought of being like scared for your life, but then also your friend is all over you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And this next part, this cat and mouse between Buddy and Christine, is where I kind of liked him because he the car starts burning, so his friend in the front seat is burning to death. Oh, and, and he was also crushed from the waist down by the engine. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> so so Buddy climbs out of the car and he's obviously injured as well. And it, it, he's described as like, you know, Christine's coming at him and he wants to give in. He wants to panic, but he's waiting and waiting and waiting for just the right moment to move. And he tries very hard and i thought perhaps he might be successful in escaping her yeah he's like standing off with it and it's another one of these moments where i have the exact opposite with this book uh opposite problem with this book that i had with the outsider of everyone's just instant belief in whatever they see (laughs) um (laughs) he just sees this car coming at him and he's like standing on top of the snowdrift like fuck you I, I pictured him as Bakugo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very Bakugo moment. Yeah. I've been watching My Hero Academia again. It's, it's very it's good. It's the best. Um, but he's just like waiting out his moves. Mm. He is also, he's dodged the car's attacks a few times. Pretty sure he has a pierced lung mm-hmm. from mm. one of his ribs. Christine has also broken one of his legs. So not just getting up on top of this pile of snow a snowplow made, but he like had to claw his way mm. up. Yeah, doesn't he, like, literally leap high enough that she doesn't get crush his legs or something? He, yeah, she hits, she, he leaps out of the way and she hits his leg and oh, breaks yeah, that's his right. leg. I, I was thinking of but Lee later. The, Spoiler alert. <laughs> the moment that he's, he's on top of the snow pile and he's like, she can't get me. And then she just starts plowing into it and he feels it slowly giving way mm-hmm. and has to make that choice of... I, I thought I could wait it out and I thought I'd be safe, but I have to do something and just takes a tumble down the opposite way. And there, too, you think, OK, maybe he'll be safe. And then he comments on, gee, I wonder how long it would, it's it's going to take somebody to find me. It's like whatever below out. And mm. before anybody finds him, if Christine doesn't manage to finish him off, he's going to freeze to death or bleed out. Yeah, it's the middle of the night. I think they say the park is like closed yeah. for the mm-hmm. season, so there's no one that's gonna be there. He's hoping that the smoke from the car will bring people to him. It's very tense. Did either of you anticipate uh, how his death would happen? Nope, not even close. Nope. He, buddy, has that that moment where I, this is where I thought we were gonna like, cut away from him, assume he was dead, and then maybe later there'd be more buddy. But nope, he is just trying to survive and he turns and sees the corpse of Roland LeBay standing there and he is I think at this point he also has beetles crawling in and out of him and (laughs) in in his flailing to escape his broken rib punctures his heart and then Roland just pieces out of existence and goes back to what he was doing this job done when Roland starts physically manifesting It hit me. The way to make this book sound less obnoxious. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Because obviously when people think Christine, they think, oh, that's the evil car book. Christine isn't just an evil car. Christine is a lich. Yeah. Well, she's not a lich. Roland LeBay is a lich. And Christine 
is his phylactery. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The where, that's where his power is stored. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes it sound cooler than it is, honestly. <laughs> it, <laughs> no, it's no, still I'm, an evil car. That is cool. And, and that's one of those things that I was the same. I thought Christine is just that evil car book. and had no idea the possession elements and that really ratcheted up my excitement for this book when it starts getting more into what LeBay has control over. And I could talk for hours about this because if if this is a possession and he's putting his energy into the car, how did she talk to Dennis while he was still alive? Like what part that of him is, is already question. in her? Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Because the you know, his wife and daughter are dying too. That is a good I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I've been wondering this whole book sort of what what that dynamic is yeah because i had this headcanon that after because they talk about how dennis suspects that roland purposefully put christine in arnie's path Mm -hmm. so that he could continue on on. Mm -hmm. so i had this headcanon that after he sells christine to arnie he didn't just die he didn't just kill himself i am imagining a literal like Chucky style dark ritual (laughs) where he ritualistically kills himself to put his to bind his spirit to Christine. But yeah, that doesn't explain the weird stuff that happened before his death. Well, we know the car had power to it while he was still alive when he was using it because it it killed his family. Mm -hmm. So it, it has I'm assuming if it if we follow this thread, it would be Christine hadn't done anything for a while because the power was running out because Roland's power was running out in his life. And so maybe the instinct to get the car out there perhaps might have been influenced by Christine feeling that connection coming close to death, searching for a, a new oh, person to latch on to. Christine is a symbiont and... Yeah. LeBay was a trill. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I have no idea. That, that one's lost on me. What is this? Star Trek, Star the Trek. trill. Uh, they carry, they're the hosts for this uh, symbiont that lives on generation to gen. Like they can live hundreds of years. You have these two elements that have their own power and you bring them together and they're uh, a different sort of thing. And then that can carry through to the next host. So that that is a way for... The story to make sense for Christine to have something to her before LeBay dies. So it's a sort of symbiotic relationship. They just happen to get lucky and find each other. Yeah. (laughs) It's a love story, you guys. (laughs) That it is. Okay. Well, we are speaking of love. Oh, boy. (laughs) We're back at Darnell's garage. Will's there. He's ruminating on the whole Arnie thing. And, And this is all while... Buddy and his pals are being brutalized by Christine. And it's here we find out through Darnell that Arnie is conveniently out of town while all of this is happening. He's at a chess tournament for school hundreds of miles away. I thought that Darnell, that this sort of, this chapter really highlighted for me how thoughtful and just like deliberate in his thinking he is, despite being a dumb criminal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's not a good dude, but he's also not... A terrible dude. It's very observant and yeah. suspicious. And once again, his first logical leap is he sees the car driving itself and he's just like, huh, I can use this for my own needs <laughs> instead of being like, 
what the hell? <laughs> yeah. He's just like, yeah, this this is fine. This is just fine. like everyone, they're just like, mm, that's a bad car. <laughs> He's an opportunist, I guess. That's true. He's going to, you know, just make everything work in his favor. That's yeah. what I would have done. You have to be a hell of an opportunist <laughs> oh, no. to be like, ghost car. Ben, I think that Josh wants another apprenticeship. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I, I thought it was cool here Darnell lays out the whole timeline, making note of when Arnie bought the car in August. And now he knows that that car used to belong to LeBay, who also worked on Christine in the same garage. And in late August, the whole Buddy Arnie fight happened and Darnell started giving Arnie more work and kicked Buddy out. September is when Arnie fudges the inspection so he can take Lee on their first date to the football game. He also makes note that no one in the garage has seen Arnie do really anything of note to Christine. And I thought this was really cool the way this was laid out. It's another thing that's like, and no one was like, that's weird. (laughs) No, I think they are all like, that's weird. That's how Darnell knows that. They're all kind of talking about it when Arnie's not there. Like, oh, when do you see him do stuff? When do you see him do stuff? And speculating that maybe he does it at night. But he, Darnell can tell the kids here all day there's no way he's here all day sitting in the car listening to oldies yeah and then he's coming in and working all night replacing the fucking antenna yeah i i felt like in the first half of this book i was like well arnie can his parents are so down on his Liking cars, but like mechanic, that's a good job. Right. You'll Everybody always needs have a mechanic work. in the family. They make good money. Yeah. Like it, it's it's a good job. But yeah, once you reach this point, you're like, oh, Arnie doesn't actually know yeah. dick <laughs> about <laughs> cars. You take your car to Arnie's garage and he just sits in it and listens to oldies for a while. And he's like, I'm pretty sure it's fixed. Oh, no. What he'll actually do, which is some foreshadowing here that I completely missed the first time I read this. Darnell makes note that Arnie just drives Christine around the junkyard mm-hmm. at night at like five miles. Yeah. Apart, just cruising and cruising and cruising. And letting the odometer run backwards. Mm-hmm. So he... He doesn't come right out and say what's happening, but I think he pretty strongly suspects. Yeah. And by the end of the month, of course, Christine has then killed Welch. Uh, Junkins visits in December. He pays a second visit to the garage soon after to ask Darnell why Arnie is lying about the repairs. And that's when Darnell says, "Is like this was the only lie that he told Junkins because there's no way for this guy to believe the truth because the truth is that Arnie couldn't have done the repairs. Sure. And that's why he's lying. But why would he lie about that? <laughs> Let's talk about what Darnell decides to do next. I thought that was pretty crafty. His plan that he put into place and he kind of had all his ducks in a row. He's now seen the car drive himself. He's pieced together that Arnie's conveniently out of town. He decides, I'm going to call. I know he's at this chess tournament. I'm going to call. And you know what? He's not going to be there. Then I'll know that he had, he's doing something. I don't know what he's doing, but he's doing something. And sure enough, he calls. Arnie comes down and they talk on the phone for a while. And slick as shit, because the moment I was waiting for was for Arnie to be like, uh, so what are you actually calling about? And for Darnell to like, stumble but no he thought ahead and he was like oh i called because i need you to stop by this shop they've got tires for sale mm-hmm. and they need you to check them out because i thought because he's always got a plan b yeah i honestly i would read a different book that was just about darnell's crime empire <laughs> he is an interesting character absolutely he is and then uh he masturbates yeah 
What? Import, important to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, he, he, right? He's masturbating. Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but here it's called Dancing That Special Dance. <laughs> Which makes the earlier <laughs> scene where he was trying to dance with Dennis's dad and then trying to dance oh, with Dennis kind of different. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Go for it, man. Okay, so Christine cockblocks Darnell. Yep. Um, almost giving him a heart attack, which, if only. <laughs> based Dude, on, if he would have gotten out, yeah. lucky. So anyway, he goes to check her out, and uh, there are no keys in the ignition. So super spooky. He should have just ran. At that yeah. Point. Th- yeah, that's... Who is like, hmm, this will play out in my favor. <laughs> we are back with Arnie, and I feel like there might be a few moments from this point on with other people where maybe Arnie could have been saved. Like, everybody's so tired of his personality changes that when he does make those little sort of motions for help, people aren't as interested. And I kept asking myself here if their responses had been different. Would it have actually mattered? No, I don't think so. it's hard to say because i mean it's it's that thing where half of me is like well you can only help someone if they want to help themselves and arnie like multiple times like i could just walk away but no i can't and but also that's just addict behavior Mm -hmm. so like yeah if if someone had been more adamant had had been there Maybe, yeah. I I would kind of see him accepting that help more if, like you said, addict addict behavior. When this happens, he blames them. Like, well, if only they had, like his chess teacher, he quits the chess team. And the guy's like, okay, you know, whatever you want. And he's disappointed. And he thinks, well, maybe if he would have argued with me, I would have stayed. So it's just placing blame on other people. Mm. But that's also him telling himself he has any agency here yeah uh if if his chess teacher had tried to get him to stay how long do you think LeBay would have stood for that yeah he would and, have been about to say okay and then he would have felt something digging right. into his back again and we see at the end how desperately roland wants to hold on to him so we all agree arnie's fucked and it's not his fault yeah he's <laughs> well at, th- at this point for sure i feel like months ago like when this first started sure yeah. But by this point, I believe we're in like the last two to three weeks of yeah. the story because mm-hmm. everything in this middle section has kind of filled between when Dennis broke his whole body and Christmas when he gets out. What did you guys think of the scene between him and his dad after he's been cruising around in Christine and he stops for pizza? And this is kind of where he makes those successive phone calls, like trying all the people he thinks could help him. And he calls Michael first. My my note about this is that Arnie throws a wild fit in public because his dad and Lee wouldn't give him his way. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it it was it felt like him throwing a tantrum. It reminded me that he's a teenage boy. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And I kind of felt bad for him all over again. Haven't we all been there? <laughs> like you, <laughs> you purposefully do something stupid, and then you want somebody to give you an exact response, and they don't. Uh. You're like, oh, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And through this conversation with Michael, we find out that Junkins is still snooping and he stopped by the Cunningham's home to talk to Arnie's parents about Buddy and his friends dying. And his dad does actually try one more time to, you know, he asks him, and I want to talk about this before the end too. He asks him what's going on. Like he wants to know and he wants to help. 
And it's a theme that his dad holds on to until the bitter end. Mm-hmm. Kind of leaving me wondering, well, if we had brought him in, would things be different? Brought Michael in on the the supernatural yeah. elements? Yeah. Well, maybe. Well, considering everyone immediately believes that the car is a ghost. <laughs> right? Um, and Michael, it, it is tragic because both Michael, or uh, Arnie and Dennis's dad are just good dudes mm-hmm. i i feel like they're they're good dads who truly care about their sons and so it's really sad especially for michael because he's descending into hasn't he been drinking a lot yeah. and like he's just a ghost of his former self he's almost given up it seems like yeah I thought the coolest thing to come out of this chapter though is when arnie's reflecting on everything that's happened and trying to defend himself and saying, well, you know, Leek's all upset because she choked in a car and I didn't do anything. I didn't give her the Heimlich maneuver because it hadn't been invented yet. And (laughs) she's not supposed to die on the side of the road. She's supposed to die in the car. This is, I think this is probably the part for me. It became more clear that it's like, it's LeBay possessing him. Yeah. Yeah. Especially wanting the body count in the car. Uh, Yeah. yeah, That's so gross. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't even make sense. You can't get that smell out. Uh, that's um, that's the smell that everybody <laughs> keeps smelling. A uh, quick question for you guys: um, When he calls Lee, he almost again has a moment with her where where he can be vulnerable, but then he has like a vision or something of Christine waiting for Lee. So, do you think that was Christine warning him off, and he's trying to protect Lee by pulling back again? I don't think it was anything that supernatural. I, okay. I think it was literally just him acknowledging that like Christine is not fully under his control. He yeah. is he's not the one making Christine do these things. <laughs> yeah, he has it a lot is, of denial about that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it's just him recognizing, oh, I need to keep Christine happy mm-hmm. or bad things will happen. Then he like full on turns into LeBay and yeah. uh, goes off on his parents in a very disturbing way just in his head and then wants to get married to yeah. christine in front of all the people yep, that fantasizes about his wedding the <laughs> marriage theme yeah. in this i don't know that's why i think this happened to king <laughs> i think he's sad you guys what is what's the message of this book that when your friend marries a ball busting bitch your friendship is over forever (laughs) i I think that's honestly the closest i can get because there's just this recurring like literally the what the first chapter is Mm -hmm. called arnie gets married and marriage is never discussed in a happy way (laughs) it sure isn't no well think about the story dennis reminisces about one of their friends who Start dating this total slut because you know women in this book are just treated very fairly. Yeah, and she got hey, knocked up. You don't know she might have been a slut. Oh, that's true. <laughs> no, I'm not defending that. No. <laughs> Josh said it here, but he's he's thinking about the guy coming around. He's like, "Oh, you guys like my girlfriend, right?" And everybody hates her. That cemented it home for me. Like, yeah, he's just writing about what men feel like they go through when their friends get a wife. It's like, you know what? If he wasn't getting something out of the relationship, he wouldn't be with her. He Yeah, but is uh, that's not necessarily a good thing 100% of the time. Just saying, don't bl- don't put all the blame on the woman. The guy made the choice to be in the relationship. 
just needs to fucking grow up there. <laughs> That's so, so aggressive. I, I'm real pissed. <laughs> hey, everyone has their part to play. Uh, anyway. Oh, I my note was, then he dances, and his dance is marrying Christine. <laughs> oh. Dance is going to be the new, yeah. The new recess? Oh, okay. Uh, you guys were talking about this last episode. You were wondering how Arnie hurt his back. Here we find out. Thoughts? Yeah. I was very excited about this. So we find out that after hearing Darnell talk about him driving the car around at five miles an hour, we find out that after the incident at the airport, when he got Christine towed to Darnell's, he got her out back and was just pushing her through the junkyard, just pushing her through so the hmm. odometer would go back. And suddenly, you know, he's pushing Christine and the tires start to inflate so it gets easier to push her. And yeah, that's fucking great. It's a very cool visual, a great visual of what insanity would look like. Imagining mm -hmm. Arnie just like blank faced pushing this dead car around. Yeah. Kind of creepy. Is that what happened to LeBay's back? Who knows? Probably. It makes me no, wonder. He bought it. It was new. Yeah, but if something happened, like if, if I mean, it's it never oh, talks about you know what, him though? getting into an accident or anything. No, but... I think he got hurt in the war, and that's just part of, ah. and this is Arnie becoming. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is creepy, him just being so dedicated that he would physically harm himself to push her through the parking lot. But what if she was, like, she was his wife, and she was sick, dying of cancer or something. Like, don't. <laughs> No, I, I guess I just think when something like that's happening, you feel like if only your will to make this thing better was enough. And I feel like this is his will to make it better. Like in any I, normal circumstance, you couldn't just fix a problem like that. I definitely understand the metaphor you're trying to make. <laughs> but now imagine your wife had cancer and... Also ran down a bunch of kids in the road. <laughs> was it a brain tumor? Because is that why she ran a bunch of kids over? No, just jealousy. Oh. Jealousy and vengeance. She was a mean lady. <laughs> well, thanks for <laughs> supporting my metaphor. <laughs> anyway, Arnie. It's, I feel like we did. I don't. I don't feel supported at all. <laughs> what do you guys think of Arnie's plan to get back together with Lee? Oof. Is that a plan? Well, just because it's terrible doesn't make it not a plan, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty sure his plan is just uh, Dibs. Well, he's... I believe Dibs is his... Well, he's you, gonna... You will marry me. You will be mine. And he's gonna lie to her, and he's gonna buy yeah. another car, and he's yeah. gonna say, oh, I got rid of Christine. Yeah. It's all cool. He gaslights the fuck out of her oh, about I, yeah. blowing it out of proportion. Yeah, you almost died. Get over it. We all almost die every day, or whatever bullshit <laughs> he says. <laughs> and now we get another scene, our final scene, which I, I didn't expect, with Junkins. He pays Arnie a third visit, and he gets uh, a little more aggressive. This ended up meaning way more than I thought it would mean with Junkins. So we find out that they, uh, because Christine brutalized those corpses so badly that there were pieces of paint that stayed on the body. And while Christine regenerated and so there's no paint missing, the fact that it's the exact shade match is just another nail in the coffin as far as Junkins is concerned. 
And when he can't get anything directly from here, he decides to up his game and try to take down a, a cross-country fireworks and drug ring. Yeah, the the sting operation is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I love the plan. I love that Junkins, like all of the other organizations, the, the what is it, the firearm, drugs and alcohol are all like, obviously we're going after Darnell. He's the target. That makes sense. Yeah. And Junkins is like, nah, it's the car. It's, <laughs> it's the car where I'm spending a, a, an exorbitant amount of taxpayer time and money. But it's definitely this ghost I'm, car. I'm going to put so much pressure on this kid. You're going to know. His instincts are right. Yeah, yeah he, they are. And that's the, kind of the frustrating thing. Yeah. Is that he's right, but there's he has no way to connect these dots. There's no way to solve a crime committed by a ghost car. <laughs> It's That's a perfect true. crime. It's, <laughs> so Arnie gets busted and he gets arrested. And I felt, again, really bad for his parents. When we're with Michael, when he gets the call and he hangs up the phone and he's thinking about how he's going to be sad and he's going to go downstairs to his wife to tell her that Arnie's been arrested. And rather than giving and receiving comfort and helping each other through this, she's just going to go immediately into problem-solving mode. And it's it's just a very lonely moment. I sure. thought it was very effective. But that's very Regina. Yeah. It, it's like, a very real family dynamic mm-hmm. that the the Cunninghams have. Not a good one, not a healthy one, but it, it feels very real. But it did make me want Regina in my corner if shit went down. Hell yeah. Because she's like, she's making phone calls, she's getting lawyers that aren't even in the state she's in to go down and handle things. And it's 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 pretty boss. She's bullying lawyers <laughs> yes. too, which I respect. <laughs> Any chance you can bully a lawyer, I'm on board. <laughs> Let's talk about our last surviving greaser, Don Vandenberg. And I have a question for you guys. This is going to seem inappropriate if our listeners haven't read the book. Good. How are your father's fuck books? <laughs> uh, well, just like Don, I keep them in a drawer at work <laughs> uh, for the slow times. I having a slow night. Just pick out one of one of my father's fuck books, as they are called. <laughs> uh, gross! It's what it it. This Have conversation you? has derailed me so much already that I almost mm. forgot. I, like, I was just going to move on to the next thing. <laughs> okay, so anyway, Don is uh, doing something at work I don't think anybody should do, which is masturbate. <laughs> or he's trying to masturbate when he gets cock-blocked by Christine because she pulls up. He doesn't know it's her, though. There's a blizzard, and she pulls up in, like, the last spot uh, at the gas pump. And so he goes out there, and this actually turns into a really cool scene, <laughs> even though the setup was not so great. It's it's so tense because you're in this dummy's head, and <laughs> he's just, like, so distracted, not expecting anything. And even as he's walking out to the pump, he sees the car, and he can tell that it's, like, really big and old. But because it's dark and snowing, he can't tell the color of the car he can't, he doesn't know what's about to happen. Yeah, he walks up and 
uh, sees not only a corpse is driving the car, but Buddy's in the back drinking some good old-fashioned Texas driver. And he tries to make a break for it, but Christine chases him down and runs him down. And that's our last greaser. Died well, with a boner. Not really. Oh, yeah. There's still Sandy, uh, Sandy the yeah. guy that let Christine, or let all of the guys in at the parking garage. Mm-hmm. And he's fled town. Wisely. Some might <laughs> very, say. <laughs> very wisely. Let's just go right into Darnell, because <laughs> this scene oh, yeah. is uh, all the death scenes in this book are really awesome. Yeah, we're going to skip the needless, like, three or four pages about how the town's set up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then how, how would you quickly break them down uh, as to what section? There, the there's a poor town. Poor there's town. a not poor town. It takes four pages. <laughs> Nailed it. It's yeah. very, was it Revival? That had like a weird, oh no, Tommy Knocker. Was it both? I think it's both. It's, <laughs> it's kind of a king trope of like, it is three quarters of the way through this book. Let's take a second to d- explain the geography. <laughs> Just put a map at the front. Right? That's all we need. I love a book with a map. At the oh, front. you give me a map. Yeah, I'm all cool. in. Uh, so Will is hanging out at home, uh, and, you know, after the cops have come down on him and he's thinking about how he's going to handle everything and that uh, if he has to, Arnie's fully expendable and he'll just he'll move on. And then he's going to go to bed and he hears a honk. Very threatening honk. <laughs> which is <laughs> very funny. I think of honks as like startling or but the honks are not a threatening noise. No, even the word honk. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's about the length of the honk. Yeah. Yes. I think I think the more because if, if you just imagine like he's sitting there and just. <laughs> the longer it is the more aggression it yeah. Is. yeah uh and he goes to the big picture window in his living room and christine's out there and he's like ha fuck you i'm in a house <laughs> which I, I would totally be that way too yeah, yeah we yeah. i believe we said earlier why aren't these people running inside <laughs> yeah we're about to find out. Yeah. And the question becomes, why didn't he run upstairs earlier? He has a second floor. <laughs> earlier being the really strong point here. Yes. Because he just stands there and watches Christine because this the whole blizzard, it's hard for Christine to get up to the house because there's a snowbank, but she just keeps plowing into it. And he's like, ah, stupid car. Oh, wait, it's getting pretty close. <laughs> and runs for the stairs as as Christine plows through the window. He runs upstairs, uh, drops his inhaler. Which I thought, I don't know if you guys thought, that was what was going to kill. 100%. Because we've had so much of this book setting up that he's like an asthmatic with Mm -hmm. bad lungs. That like, I thought, oh, how great, and maybe not ironic isn't the right word, but how ironic would it be for him to be chased down by this car and then die of an asthma attack. Right. Yeah. We thought it was delicious foreshadowing, but it was bland foreshadowing. (laughs) It was was not foreshadowing at all. (laughs) Is what it was because he stands at the top of his stairs and has a heart attack and falls back down the stairs where Christine just runs over him a couple times, but leaves before the floor can break, which really just would have solved everything. The trapping a car in the basement seems like the way to go. Yeah. Now we're at part three, teenage death songs. 
interesting title for this section because immediately we go into Lee and Dennis. She comes to visit him so they can talk about what's going on with Arnie and figure out what to do about it. And I, what they end up doing about it is hooking up with each other. Dennis <laughs> does the old one, two, three kiss. <laughs> you, you know that works, right? Uh, yeah, the classic yeah. one, two, three kiss. Yeah. I feel bad at this point because like you don't mooch on your best buds girl or guy you know whatever but at this point it's like is arnie arnie's not arnie anymore right it's kind of like he's dead yeah if the problem here is we as the audience pretty much know that these characters i don't know if they they know that he has changed and it's bad, mm-hmm. but it's not until coming up here very soon that it, they realize the stakes. It, it's not great, but honestly, I think it's on their part justified. Yeah. Because, I mean, Lee has broken up with Arnie at yeah, this point. That's she true. has said it is over, and it's not great to, you know, move in on your best friend's ex. But, like, it was an abusive mm-hmm. uh, relationship. And, like, Dennis and Arnie are obviously moving apart. And, yeah. like, it's just a thing yeah. that happens. It sucks. I, it, and it's not going to make anything better. But <laughs> I think they're justified in yeah. this case. I agree. And I I just like the way that it develops and it's written because... It's not so black and white. Yeah. The important thing to come out of this, though, is not that they start making out. It's that Dennis brings Lee up to speed on Christine's stark history, including the parallels to her near-death experience. He shows her the signatures on the cast, and they start doing some investigative work. They find signatures um, from some records of LeBay and confirm that that is LeBay's signature, the second one. And Dennis also reconnects with George. Anything you guys kind of want to focus in on for this part? There are some I, cool things, but... Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys. The the thing about the signatures on the cast. Arnie signed both of his leg casts, and on one, it's different than the other. And he acts as though this is definitive proof. Are you guys' signatures so steady that they are <laughs> noticeable from one to the other? Because yes. my signature is an absolute travesty. <laughs> As any of our listeners who have subscribed at the $15 and up tier and gotten a postcard from I, us with our signatures on I it. I guarantee if, if you, you round put them it up, next to each other. you round up all of those postcards and compare them, you will think five different people sign <laughs> See, I watch a lot of forensic files, so I've, mm. I've, uh, I feel like a sort of a handwriting expert in the room (laughs) (laughs) signatures do change over time but there are still specific markers unique to everybody's style that you can match a person's changing signatures and be able to tell apparently according to forensic files with pretty good accuracy whether it's a forgery or not Hmm. so it's it's kind of interesting actually forensic files hasn't lied to me yet (laughs) (laughs) we also get uh, more of Dennis's dad and Arnie's dad trying, like trying to help. They know something's wrong and Dennis is shutting them out. And and I've wondered, and I think we've talked about it before, throughout this book, 
if they had let them in, if they had gotten everybody on board and everybody to help, and I don't, you know, we've said it wouldn't be that hard because everyone's like, ugh, this <laughs> gross. Maybe things would have turned out better, but who knows? I, I will say one of the things that I go back and forth on my feelings about this book are not very secret about how <laughs> I felt about it, but it goes back and forth on how much time they spend on these really honest moments mm-hmm. of, yeah, if you saw somebody in your life acting this way, these are the things you would do. Mm-hmm. It's just hard for that to not kill the pace a little when we as the audience know that it's definitively supernatural. There's definitively nothing they can do. But at the same time, I really like the amount of effort they put in. Yeah. It's so it's it's really hard for me for me to balance <laughs> out whether I'm okay with the drop in pace or the attention to detail, I guess. You know what I am okay with? Hmm. The secretary of the Libertyville American Legion Post. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> that guy's the best. Dennis calls him to get some background information, some history about LeBay. And no surprise, uh, all those guys also hate Christine. <laughs> Yeah, Angela it, Bay. <laughs> yeah, he calls up this guy who's just like the coolest old dude. He's the old dude that like you can just imagine his cigarette voice and like <laughs> he just wants to tell you war stories. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh yeah, LeBay. That dude fucking sucked." <laughs> uh we he he didn't he wasn't even a member at the time. Uh at, at the time of his death, but like you know, we decided to do right by him anyway. But man, what a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells the, uh, of course, he's like, I don't want to keep you on the phone all day, but here's a story. <laughs> and, like, goes into this, this wonderful story about LeBay uh, and Christine from back in the day. Where you, she uh, rips off a guy's finger. Yeah. Uh, ben, Ben, will you tell it? Will you tell the story, but will you tell it as the old man? <laughs> no i can't i can't do it who oh he's here oh Oh, let let me let let him him in oh hi there you guys it's me whatever my name was i can't what a stupid premise It's me, that character from the book. (laughs) Can't remember my name at the moment, but that's okay. Good enough. (laughs) Sorry, we didn't mean to drag you in here in the middle of the night, but we 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 heard you had a story to share with us. Well, fuck do I ever. (laughs) You talking about Roland LeBay? LeBay? Yeah. (laughs) Roland... Uh, no, this is I can't do this, guys. I can't. This is this. The, it was a one-off thing. That's that's, that's uh, he fair. Left. He's gone. So, ben, uh, you've heard the story from that guy before. Would you tell us? So what, what happened? happened was <laughs> what had happened was back in the day, Roland was a huge drunk, and he would come to this VFW hall. And uh, get just absolutely plastered drunk and fight with everyone. And this one day, everyone's playing cards and he's ranting and raving about something. He says, fuck all you guys. I'm going home. And as he's going out, all of the guys gathered around are like, let's go. Let's go fuck with LeBay. And they sneak outside 
and they crouch down behind Christine, which you already know is a bad fucking <laughs> sign. Uh, and they play a really fun trick? Question mark? It would be fun. Is this a In prank? another book. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, for they, sure. They wait for LeBay to get into the car, start her up, and then they grab the bumper and lift the car up off its back wheels. And apparently it's a back wheel drive. Yeah, rear wheel drive. Rear, rear back wheel drive. They sound like I'm me. I'm not a car boy. Whatever. <laughs> um, They're greasers, Ben. Yeah. And uh, King loves car boys. Um, <laughs> heard it here first. And they lift the car uh, up onto its two wheels, expecting the wheels to spin out in midair and ha 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 ha, I guess. <laughs> I hardly see how this is a prank, but when Dennis hears it, he's like, oh yeah, we've done that. (laughs) What? Um, Anyway, instead of that happening, Christine's front wheels engage, which they uh, talk about is completely impossible. There's no way to convert this Plymouth Fury into a four-wheel drive. But it happens, and the car tears off Roland laughing all the way and all of the skin on their fingers just like goes. uh, (laughs) What's the thing called? Degloving? Yeah. Don't say that. Don't say that word. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the guys has a a wedding ring and that finger is just ripped off. And I want to know, did Christine eat it? No, because she doesn't eat people, but it's definitely a ghost finger in the car. Like we have the grease <laughs> and then on the seat Just beside a them, single finger <laughs> popped up in the window. Yeah, uh, uh, we don't know it doesn't eat because uh, when it runs over the first kid, Moochie, all of its blood seeps into the the oh. hood of the car. See, I thought that was just a, a, a protection thing, like hiding the evidence. But maybe well, it's, it's sustenance. Somewhere. Yeah. All right. yeah. That's her fuel, blood. Oh, Christine's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> New Year's Eve comes and Dennis decides that he has got to see Arnie. And his mom, Arnie's mom, begs Dennis to talk to him about college because he's he doesn't want to go. He hasn't applied for anything. And Dennis was like, mm, okay, yeah, I'll try the friendship thing one more time. I can sum this up, I think, really succinctly. Dennis is hanging out with LeBay in an Arnie suit. Yep, a hundred percent. It is, I think I use this word a lot, but it is unnerving. Yeah. It's not scary. It's not. It's sad, it, too. It's sad, and it's because Arnie is just, like, pounding beers, and it is not affecting him at all, uh, as though he had been drinking for decades instead of, like, this year, because he's never been a big drinker, right? Yeah. And, like, uh, Dennis drops... A reference to the motor pool, which is what mm-hmm. LeBay worked in when he was in the army, and makes a joke about it. And Arnie's like, Haha, yeah. And he that's the moment where he's like, oh, Arnie gone. The other important thing to come out of this before their very spooky ride home is that Dennis Ooh. cannot hide his relationship with Lee. But fortunately for him, LeBay is too arrogant to notice. Well, is this the part where he, Arnie LeBay, is like, oh, Lee, don't worry about it. Like, I when we get back to school, we're going to get back together. 
Yeah, he's like, uh, I am going to date her and uh, I'm going her. to apply to whatever colleges she wants to go to. And, and not like, we're going to make this work. Like, I am going to make her be with me. And it's yeah. just really, really gross and bad. Yeah, she doesn't realize I own her yet. Yeah, is it's essentially the tone. Yeah. So let's talk about their ride home because this is uh, spectacular. Earlier, I said that uh, the scene of Buddy's death was the best scene in the book. And that was a lie. (laughs) Uh, Because this is the best scene in the book. This, if this had been a short story and this was the only thing, Mm -hmm. it would be in one of my favorite King short story. Like top five list of favorite King short stories. It's that good. So after their New Year's Eve hangouts, uh, Arnie is going to drive Dennis home. They get in Christine. And the first thing he notices is that Christine feels like flesh when he touches her, which is the first just real unnerving thing about this. It's drive very home. 1408. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, they don't necessarily drive straight home. They drive through time. Yeah. As they, as they go back towards... Dennis's house, Dennis suddenly notices that everything outside looks different. He looks over and the driver keeps switching between dead LeBay and Arnie. Uh, LeBay's wife, daughter, buddy, Richie, like everybody is appearing in the back seats at different intervals. Like every time he looks, the the streets look different there are businesses that have been closed forever that have happy new year and whatever the year uh over it and there's people out there partying and the the green eyes appear on the dashboard and just look at dennis the way it is written is so disjointed and Mm. dreamlike Mm -hmm. which is uh, i've been on record in this podcast that king writes dreams the best uh dream sequences are my favorite and it is so you he says like i don't know how long it took how long i was in that car it could have been the you know five minutes to my house we could have been in there for hours i do not know because he was so terrified to his very soul that it just washed over him and it's so fucking scary (laughs) he feels like if if he hadn't gotten out of the car when he finally does get home if he'd stayed in a second longer he would have just gone mad Mm -hmm. it makes you it, it kind of puts a different spin on the knowledge that arnie cruises around a lot like oh he must this must be what he's seeing and experiencing holy shit i didn't even think about he that loses, not just when he's at the junkyard yeah he loses her, hours of yeah his just time. cruising Ooh, shit that's really cool <laughs> <laughs> so this crazy experience prompts dennis to give george lebay a call again that's lebay's brother and he tells him he tells him what's going on just as very candid supernatural and all Though not, you know, any of the dads who are desperate to help and get involved. And he admits, you know, basically that he thinks that LeBay has taken over Arnie's body. In order for him to know that for sure, he needs to know everything that George can tell him about LeBay. So George tells him the truth, which is essentially that LeBay has always been a killer. And he tells Dennis that LeBay didn't really try to save his daughter. He intentionally put her back in the car so she would die in there. Not like in a... (laughs) oh, my two favorite things together way, but 
seems like in a more like a sacrifice kind of way, which then made me question how his wife would have gotten the gumption to kill herself in the same car. So I think Roland killed her. Yeah. I will. I wonder, because, I mean, we find out later someone else gets into that car and is killed. <laughs> I wonder if that if maybe though his wife had a similar, maybe she was going to get in the car and fucking drive it into a lake or something. Mm-hmm. But Christine never gave her the chance. I don't know, though. I, I still think LeBay put her in there and made her stay in there or like knocked her out or drugged her. Yeah, and killed her. that's possible. So Dennis and Lee get busted because they're not really being very careful. They're making out in the parking lot of a KFC. It's a sexy KFC God bus. damn. The <laughs> dumbest thing. <laughs> this is a great, brings you back to remember that our main characters are in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we're in lethal danger. Let's go make out in the front of a KFC. <laughs> well, the danger adds the the spice, and then you got to get the, the spicy the 13, chicken. The thirteen, the <laughs> thirteen uh, <laughs> secret herbs and spices. Yeah. So of course, Arnie also wants some sexy KFC, and <laughs> it is finger licking good. Oh, the, Jesus Christ! Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> The reason for the scene is so that... Is that anything? I'm, I'm not... I'm just going to pull through. <laughs> the reason for the scene is so that we know that Dennis can mostly drive. He's He still has pain and he's still healing, but he can drive again. And uh, they, they're they talking about blowing up the car. Like They have all these sort of cartoonish <laughs> ideas. Another, another great way of showing that they are teenagers. Absolutely. They're yeah. like, okay... We have to destroy this car. We have to. And Dennis's first thought, he's like, dynamite. We'll blow, we'll blow it up with dynamite. <laughs> like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> I I really wanted you guys to act out this scene as Dennis and Lee, but like what you would do, what your plans would be. <laughs> but I think we'll just skip that for now since we already had a guest on the show. <laughs> Yeah, and Josh and I got all our making out before the show. That's true, yeah. Well, you had that one kiss, two kiss, three kiss. Yeah, yeah. The deal. The kiss we usually end the show with. (laughs) Ben and I did it at the top of the show. (laughs) So they both uh, kind of like come to their senses and they just look up and Arnie is standing in front of the truck or the Jeep, whatever Dennis drives, staring at them. So, and he understandably flips out after he's laid out for Dennis his like really solid plan to make Lee his and uh Lee has kind of Dennis told her basically for her own safety like just play along Mm. like don't completely rebuff him just kind of try to keep your distance but don't you know don't ignore him completely because I think that would put you in danger and he almost runs Dennis over. Arnie's anger is also justified oh, yeah. for a moment, for yeah. sure. Uh, and then, then he takes it to the extreme. Yeah, <laughs> but then he he immediately, um, very stupidly, Dennis tries to get out of the car. Yeah, that was uh, ridiculous. To, which I guess makes sense because, like, the further Arnie is away from Christine, the less power mm-hmm. she has over him. So he tries to get him away from the car but he still can't walk good so arnie just gets in christine and immediately tries to uh crush him in between their two cars right in broad daylight and in front of witnesses which is insane so anyway this 
puts everything into motion, basically. Like they they really have to put a plan in place now because Arnie knows about them. And Dennis realizes that he's going to make a move soon. Yeah, it, it becomes a ticking clock of the second Arnie gets out of town because he has to be he has to give himself an alibi. Mm-hmm. But the second they know he's out of town, Christine's coming after them. And this is where Dennis begs Arnie's dad to let him know if Arnie goes out of town. And he's like, won't you tell me what's going on? And he's like, I can't. I just need you to promise me you'll do this. So he agrees. And then they have an actual plan that might work. Dennis confronts Arnie shortly after that in the parking lot at school. They have this showdown where Dennis is like, hey, man, you told Lee that she could go fuck herself. So <laughs> what do you expect? Uh-huh. And and really kind of gives it to him. And I thought that scene was pretty good. It was, it was very tense and kind of sad because it's this friendship falling apart. And you can see Arnie almost being Arnie again, like trying to break through. And he he just can't. He's, he's in the saddest what, way possible. He's on what we call the lauder ledge. Uh, that, that very border of maybe could turn, but doesn't. It's about time we got to a little pushy pushy between Arnie and Dennis, for (laughs) sure. But the fact that during this fight, like it it turns violent. So they're, they're really putting hands on each other and he can see in Arnie's face now when Arnie is LeBay and when Arnie's Arnie. Mm -hmm. And there's that moment where he sees Arnie come forward and Arnie apologizes and is asking for help. And he's and Arnie says that he basically tells Dennis he can't get away, that LeBay is always here, except and then LeBay takes back over. Mm -hmm. And we find out what the accept is mm-hmm. later when uh, after Dennis picks up Petunia, <laughs> <laughs> which is a dump truck. No, it's a septic. A septic. Yeah, well, it is I, a hey, I said dump. Giant, <laughs> giant pink septic truck. Yeah. And the, yeah. the plan is OK, except Dennis still has this this kind of this leg that is healing. So that's going to cause some problems. Is the plan OK? Well, <laughs> the uh, plan is dumb, right? Is it? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's no dynamite. See, OK, this is why I wanted to have that back and forth between you guys. <laughs> what your plan would be. <laughs> what? OK, uh, should we go over what the plan is yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Okay, the plan is, once they know Arnie is out of town, they are going to go to Darnell's garage with Petunia, hide all the way at one end. They are going to leave the door open so that Christine comes in after them. Lee will hit the button to shut the garage door and get out. So it's just Christine and Petunia, and he is going to crush Christine to the point that she can't move. And that is how that is how they're going to defeat Christine, because if she can't move, she can't hurt anybody. Of course, they also don't know that she regenerates by moving. So even though they don't know that piece of the puzzle, they think this is a smart plan. What don't you like about the plan, Ben? The fact that the plan involves ramming a giant truck (laughs) into another vehicle and hitting it against the walls 
of a rickety old garage <laughs> that has been there for decades. Do you guys think that they do this on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday? <laughs> in, in my mind, maybe you guys uh, disagree. In my mind, Darnell's garage, I can picture it so clearly, is just this shitty, <laughs> run-down, just tin roof, nothing of a building. I can't imagine that it is sturdy enough to withhold multiple rammings from a fucking 16-ton truck. I so, don't picture Darnell's garage like that because it's his it's his his base of operations. I picture it as something fairly sturdy and it's been around for a very long time because that's where Christine was originally when she was owned by LeBay. And so mm -hmm. I think it's probably a solid building. See, I, I imagined it like a cement building because it's large enough for all like there's so they don't say exactly how many stalls there are to this building, but there are a ton of stalls. True. There's a ton of equipment mounted on the walls going everywhere. And it's the front of the massive junkyard that's in the back. So maybe it's the junkyard aspect that had me thinking for whatever reason, I imagined it as just this shitty like tar paper shack <laughs> <laughs> that people park their garage and uh, park their cars in. All right, let's talk about the final showdown. They put their plan into action because Arnie goes out of town. He goes with his mom to visit colleges and she is over the moon with delight that he is finally interested again. Also super sad because we know that he's not really. Mm -hmm. And so Dennis and Lee make their way to Darnell's and set things up. After calling, after talking to Michael and saying, all right, if you see Christine, stay away. As a matter of fact, go over to Lee's family's house because their house is like it's brick. But just trust me and get everybody go to that house. Don't be outside after dark. I promise we'll explain everything once this is all over. But just do this. Oh, he doesn't. He, he doesn't do sure it. doesn't. Tries. We can assume. Yeah. So uh, what happens next is one of my favorite things that King does, which is giving the hero a debilitating injury before the finale. I don't know why it I don't know why it surprises me literally every single time. <laughs> but every time it happens, I love it because they get to the garage and the door is frozen shut. So Lee's been trying to get it. Dennis has to climb out and help her pry it open. And when it finally comes loose, he falls back and he yeah. falls onto his busted leg. Mm -hmm. I cringed so hard, yeah. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> and then he has to have her search around for something he can use to drive. And she can only find a mop. <laughs> so he uses a mop handle to push in the clutch so he can drive. You guys ever driven with a mop handle? It ain't pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that I have. <laughs> Me neither. So Christine gets the drop on them. She surprises them because they kind of lose track of time. They're teenagers again. Well, it's because well, it's because Dennis had drugged out sex and he <laughs> loses consciousness for a while. That's uh, a good way to die, I guess. <laughs> well, I love that he also isn't sure if they had sex. Like he's not a hundred percent sure if they had. If yeah, they did he it. kind of like is in that weird stayed again like the ride home on new year's yeah because well he's popping painkillers because yeah. his leg's killing him when christine shows up this is when we find out that michael 
uh, did not do the plan or could not do the plan because they see him in Christine and it looks like the the death mimics LeBay's wife's death. Uh, that killed me. I hated that. Yeah. I was so sad. I did not remember that and I did not see it coming. It gets worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, first of all, there is a moment where when Christine first show up, shows up, I was 1,000% sure Lee was going to die. I kind of thought yeah. she might because, die, too. like, he says, like, she jumps out of the car, and he's like, I can still see it so clearly. And I'm like, oh, this is leading yeah. up to him living, reliving the death of his first love over and over again. Which would have been cool. I mean, not, like, cool, but yeah. very impactful. Yeah. Uh, but no, she makes it, and she runs into Darnell's office, and Christine wheels around and rams the front of the office, launching Michael's body Ooh. through the windshield, oh. through the glass of the office, and on top of Lee. That's a great shot. That's really gratuitous. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Christine if, is if a Christine had a fist, I, she would have fist yeah. pumped. I truly hope that that is in the movie because <laughs> in the book, it's kind of like, oh my lord. Yeah. But seeing it actually play out has to look hysterical. I, I knew you were going to say that you would laugh at that. It, how could it not? How could you not? Just like. It'd be Michael's funny body if it wasn't so supermaning through uh, <laughs> uh through you the two windows. You know, I don't consider windows. when you're dead and you fly through two windows as supermaning. Well, I mean, I mean, I imagine <laughs> his arms are out. Is what I mean. <laughs> let's let's wrap up. Yeah, the finale. Basically, Lee manages to get up into the car. They the petunia, the, not into petunia in the petunia in the petunia. <laughs> And they proceed to ram the hell out of Christine. There's a great back and forth of, like, Christine trying to get away and regenerating and them coming back. And LeBay's wife, like, standing in front of them, like, yeah. you have to run ghost wife down. And Dennis is like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> and, de like, Dennis can't use his leg anymore, so he has to operate the clutch and Lee has to operate the gas. So they're just hunched over the steering <laughs> wheel together, slamming into Christine to the point where... She finally stops moving and Dennis blacks out from pain. Mm -hmm. He wakes up and he is in the hospital. And so Lee is too. She got injured pretty badly, but they're both okay. His doctor's like, dude, you are lucky you will ever walk again. Stop whatever you're doing. And there's also a detective there. And this is when we find out that Junkins also died. A death we did not see. What do you guys think about that? I was really, I was really sad that Junkins died. Yeah, it was. And then he, it, what, got ran off the road? Yeah, yeah he got yeah. ran off the road. I feel like it was even sadder because we didn't see it. It yeah. was like a blow. It was like, what? Michael died and, and same with Michael. We didn't see that. So it's mm. like, come on, Christine. It, the, you got all the greasers, isn't that enough? <laughs> My problem with it is that, like, well, first of all, Junkins was a cool character yeah. as yeah. little as we saw him. Uh, but my problem is that, like, with Junkin's dead, this new detective that we've never seen or heard of before comes in and is like, I need to know what happens. And Dennis is like, you won't fucking believe me. And he's like, yes, I'll believe anything. <laughs> and then does. See, I, I love that. I don't have a problem with it at all. I thought it was so cool because it's so inexplicable that he would be like, I will believe you. But 
he knows that Junkins would never have been run off the road like that mm. because he was a really great driver and blah, blah, blah. And so he and he had talked to him about the case and he knew something was different about this. I don't know. Unless uh. this dude had been fucking Mulder. Like, <laughs> I have a hard time believing any cop's going to be like, don't worry. Tell me your craziest story. I believe you. <laughs> I, I also don't think it was as flippant as that. I believe <laughs> it was more a sincere thing to like make sure he opened up. And even if he wasn't prepared to believe him, just be like, I will believe whatever you tell me. You can trust me. Or like tell a, me everything. I believe you believe what right. you're saying. Yeah. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna listen to you and but I'm not gonna make end, judgments. He's like, Yup, that's the only explanation. <laughs> We also find out that Arnie, Arnie and his mom are dead. They were driving and got into an accident and a witness said that it looked like there were three people in the car and there was some sort of struggle happening. And Dennis realizes LeBay, you know, of course, couldn't be in two places at once. He couldn't control Arnie. That's what Arnie was trying to tell him. And he couldn't be with Christine. And so at the garage, when things started to go south and LeBay realized that this was it, he jumped back to Arnie and Dennis thinks that Arnie was probably trying to fight him off at the last moment. Like yeah. he was himself again and I did not want Arnie to die. Yeah, but it was really the only way. There was no way that this book was ending without Arnie dying. Right. I know. It just, even though it's set up that way and you know it's coming, you don't want that for uh, him. Yeah. At least we get his force ghost yeah. visiting and being like, I'm okay, Yoda's here. <laughs> <laughs> he winks through his broken glasses. Yeah. So then we have uh, an epilogue here. Um, we're with Dennis now, uh, four years later, and he's he and Lee dated for a while. But of course, like... <laughs> When you go through something like that with someone, maybe it's hard to keep that same relationship. I, I'm so happy they did not end up together. Yeah. Because that feels so honest. And they talk about, you know, they lay laying next to each other and they just see the haunting mm -hmm. terror in the other's eyes because seeing each other reminds them. Yeah. It's uh, the Beaumonts. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The same reason the Beaumonts broke up. One final question for you guys before we get to our ratings, because this is the end of the book. Dennis mentions that they do keep in touch, he and Lee, throughout the years. And she moves on to and I think has kids and has a husband. And he sends her a postcard one day and writes on it uh, something a little bit cryptic, you know, like, hey, how are you doing with everything? And she writes back, huh? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's so, like, how are you handling all of it? So, and she says, all of what? Do you guys think that this is a similar situation, what we've seen King do before? Certain characters do not, kind of like an it, an adult it thing, they don't remember what happened? Or do you think she's just closed the door on that? I'm not even going to acknowledge it. Yeah, I didn't take it as a, as a magic amnesia. I think it was just <laughs> literally her being like, I can't think about yeah. this. Mm -hmm. Chock full I, of denial. Yes, it's just, we don't talk about it. How are you? Yeah. yeah. We also find out that the uh, Mercer had Christine run through the crusher. So yeah. she's. And while carrying <laughs> the block, another police officer got uh, cut so bad he needed stitches and said it bit him. Yeah. <laughs> Which leads to our cliffhanger for Christine, too. Oh, no. <laughs> that uh, Dennis sees a uh, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> sees a news 
clipping from halfway across the country that a kid name or a guy named Sanford Galton is run over in the street in a hit and run. And uh, Christine's coming for him. You know, the end question mark. I would be afraid of every hit and run article I saw forever. Yeah. yeah I'd be like, are there more Christine's? Is she back? Once something like that happens, it, everything's up for grabs. For sure. Let's rate this. Who, yeah. who wants to go uh, first? I'll go, I'll go first. Oh uh, man, now I can't argue you into giving it a higher rating. <laughs> <laughs> man, I really like some of this book. <laughs> the The pace kind of crushes it a couple times. The thing I was most surprised by was the amount of possession stuff that I was not expecting completely took me by surprise. And when we read older books like this, there are very few things that take me by surprise where it regards the main plot. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool. And all that possession stuff was really cool. But yeah, I just think the bouncing back and forth with the, the narrators was kind of weird. Now that we, we ended back with Dennis, uh, the structure kind of throws me and the pacings a little off, but the things that I love, I really love. So I'm going to give Christine a rock solid three out of five blue chambray shirts. There are a few cool bits in this book. The cool bits that are good are really good. That said, sorry. <laughs> I hate this fucking book. <laughs> I it, it I don't know that it is entirely the book's fault. Uh it's just my history. I I've this is the third time I've tried to read the book the first time I've successfully finished the book and it will be the last time that I read this book. It's just the, the pacing, the characters are not Dennis is nothing. Dennis is a nothing of a character. Lee is, uh, an object. She doesn't get much to do. I, I, I have a hard time expressing exactly why I hate it as much as I do. But it has a cool few cool death scenes. So I will give it a generous two out of five blue chambray shirts. You guys are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> this book is way better than some of the books we've covered that we've given lower ratings, in my opinion. It's reminiscent for me of Carrie in, in some ways. Maybe it's the greaser aspect. I'm not sure. It just kind of... <laughs> It has like that carry feeling, but maybe like a carry 2.0, you know, because that was the first book King wrote. So maybe he, you know, was recycling some things. And I think he did a great job. I think that the book is well written. The pace, the parts that you guys found slow didn't bother me at all. I think that King always has those elements in most of his books. He can go on about just whatever. And he does it all the time in every book. And I don't think he does it any better or worse in Christine than he does it in anything else we've read. And so I thoroughly enjoyed all of it. I thought it was a fun story. Um, I agree. The Lee thing sucks. I'm going to have to give it a solid five out of five blue chambray shirts. That's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us for our next episode where we will be watching the movie Christine. For Benjamin Graham and CM Alexander, I'm Joshua Khan reminding you. In a very real sense, there was no supernatural, no abnormal. What happened, happened. And that was the end. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Christine Part 2. 
I still can't believe that Josh and Ben did not enjoy this book more. I would love to know how many blue chambray shirts you guys would give Christine. Anyway, I guess we can't always agree, and that's okay. Oh, just just a second, someone's here. Hello? Hey, CM. <clears throat> it's Ben. I just want to say that, uh, you know, I should have given it more blue chambray shirts. I agree, Ben, although I'm not sure why you have an accent all of a sudden. Me neither. Anyway, I'm going to give it four out of five blue chambray shirts. That sounds uh, more reasonable, right? Yeah, Ben. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you came around. Oh, is that Josh behind you? Hey, CM. I'm much louder because I talk really loud and <laughs> I laugh loud, too. Anyway, I also want to... Just, just a second, listeners. Oh, hey, Josh. Well, this is awkward. Why is that? No reason. Okay, I just wanted to come in real quick because after we finished rating Christine, I thought about it and it just didn't feel right when I said it in the first place, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And I realized that the thing that I was forgetting to talk about, because we really glossed over it, was all like the detective kind of stuff that's in there. And for the sake of discussion, we had to kind of gloss over it. And so I kind of almost forgot about it until after we were done. So factoring all that back in, that stuff that I really enjoyed, I'm amending my rating for the very first time. And I'm going to give Christine four out of five blue chambray shirts. That is amazing. Thank you, Josh. (laughs) That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.